Yeah, who this sound like? Yeah, we dropping the mic, mic. Yeah, all in your timeline. Uh, all in your mind, mind. Whoa, cover the court out of brine. I'm the greatest, no debate. Yeah, cover the field with a rhyme. Dropping the mic at they place. Yeah, who this sound like? Yeah, we dropping the mic, mic. Yeah, all in your timeline. Mm, all in your mind, mind. Uh, cover the court like LeBron. I'm the greatest, no debate. Yeah, cover the field with a rhyme. Dropping the mic at they place. Yeah, dropping the mic like I'm feels. I can care less how you feel. Yeah, discussing the new deals. On the stand, we keep it real. Yeah, hot takes too. Yeah, uh, we gon' let it brew. Uh, yeah, we all in the news for keeping it real and keeping it true. Yes, yes, y'all. It is dropping the mic, the realest sports podcast. Period. I am your host, LaRon Fields, and I'm joined by my co-host, Brenton Wilson. Dropping the mic is recorded in the Alamo Top Realty Studios. In this podcast, we're talking about the state of basketball. NBA will be part one. WNBA part two. Stay locked and loaded on that part two because we want you to be in tune with the WNBA. Brent, what's good, my man? What's going on, everybody? I'm excited to talk about the NBA finally coming back tomorrow. All right. I see you excited about it coming in tomorrow. Okay. Hey, listen, it seems like a long time coming, right? Baseball started, soccer started. I'm like, dang, what 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 took base basketball so long? It was so funny, is basketball has the safest protections. It's indoors, it's a controlled environment. We got it going. But you know what? Who cares? It's back. Segwaying to coming in hot guys we have segments on this podcast and this segment we're introducing today coming in hot is all about bringing you the news of the week so far the news of the week as you all know it's been sloppy it's been messy it's been magical to some points magic city wings are they that good lou williams lou williams gets mad at kendrick perkins for calling him out rightfully so and using a great example brent how you feel about this man so i was so partly Perk was right. Let me say it that way. I can't fully say Perk was right. Perk was right saying, hey, think about it. Clippers have a bigger picture. Are they really planning to win the championship? Are they really got that much cohesion? If they do, you don't make that mistake. You don't do that. But Perkins, he went a little too far when he said Zion being a rookie is showing more accountability than you. I get the example, but Lou Williams hadn't been down a lot of bad paths and a lot of trouble. So I don't think he went that far. But he should have told him, yes, hold you. You should be accountable. Hold you accountable for that. You should do better for your team. But it wasn't enough to go say, hey, Zion was more accountable than you were, and he's only a rookie. I think that was a little bit too far. But the point he was trying to make, I understand. Brent, 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 I'm going to have to put you in the education chair real quick. So let me ask this, Brent. Lou Williams is a veteran, right? Veteran. This man went to go handle personal business, not put the air quotes up, personal family business. He had it, right? So does Zion Williams. That's where the comparison begins and ends. Two people, same situation. One handled business and got back, only out four days. One went, handled business, and added some business out 14 days, 10 to 14 days. That's where the problem is. Who has more to lose, Zion Williamson or Lou Williams? Lou does. See, that's the problem here. The thing is, everything I've been hearing on the streets, Lou's a party animal. This is what Lou does. So, yeah, I, I'm siding with Perk. The problem where it irks Lou Williams is he feels like he's being betrayed because Kendrick Perkins is a former player. So he's just calling him out like he should. That's big bro, right? If anybody else would have called him out, it would have been no problem. But he feels like he has a connect with Perk. 
And that's why it got personal. You know, like if somebody you know does something wrong to you, it stings a little bit more than someone you don't know that does it to you. That's just how that goes. Hey, that's it for coming in hot this week. Stay locked for next week or on the weeks to come when we bring that news that you could use and even be entertained by. So we're going to move this on, right? We're talking about the NBA. We're talking about the state of the league. How's it operating? What's going on? We want to know from you, Brent, right now today, how do you feel about the league operating before COVID? What did you think of the NBA before we got stuck into this bubble or no bubble situation? So I thought the NBA was doing on a really high level as far as quality games. But the issue was we have a – it's a little watered down with some of these bad teams that people don't want to see. Because, I mean, you notice the East Coast games, the ratings are down when the East Coast team is playing because people don't want to watch. Because, I mean, you got the Bucks, small market team doing it big in the East. That's great. But a lot of these teams don't have the superstar power in the East – to hold the ratings up like when LeBron was over there. So when the West Coast playing, everybody tuning in. You got the Lakers, you got the Clippers. If you got Portland, you got Denver, everybody tunes in. So the league's in good shape, but I think the balance of both sides to East to West, the ratings doesn't balance out with that. So I think that's where we have the biggest issue with the NBA before the bubble. You know, I can agree with you to some extent, but my, my issue is almost like, and I don't want to be the old fogey, the old man, get off my lawn guy. I, I just want to keep it 100. And my issue is some of these players are such prima donnas, right? Like, I don't believe in load management. And again, it's overblown to an extent because it's only really one or two people. It's not the entire league taking load management. But when you were supposed to be a star of the league, your star is supposed to shine bright. I grew up in the Magic, Kobe, Jordan. They didn't take a day off. Dude's playing sick. Like, I'm not trying to hype up one era over the other, but I'm saying let's keep it 100. The, the game is softer, right? There's not as much physicality. You don't play on back-to-backs as much. You're taking first-class fights. You're getting nice food. I mean, imagine when Jordan them dudes is playing. It's like, hey, here's your Big Mac. Oh, we're at Motel 6, and we're taking commercial flights. Like, and you're playing back-to-back. Like, that, that's the difference is what arcs me. is like, okay, that's the issues I had before the bubble was, was that. And, and also the glorification of the three-point shot. And I don't see that going away, but it's like – the James Hardens of the world was ruining the NBA for me because you go around flopping on the ground, getting calls on jump shots. You've never seen shooters get jump shots and fouls in the same sentence unless you got ran over. I mean, you just blow on Harden and it's a flagrant seven. And it's like, why? So anyway, that's how it was before the bubble. So now we're in this thing, right? We're in the bubble. We're locked up. They got the bubble police. If you cross a line, you're getting, you know, ratted out on the hotline, the hotline bling. But what is it that you feel about this bubble will make this league come back again? So I'm excited about the bubble first. Of what they're doing, I think, is something, something epic. We weren't going to have a season. Came up with this bubble concept, pull it off at Disney, get the players together. And, I mean, what, did we think it was going to work? Nobody was really sure. But when I saw two rounds of the test coming back, zero players uh, testing positive, so the structure's working. That's epic to pull it off because we were like, okay, what when they start testing positive? What if it's a big player on a big team in a big game? But so far, it looks really good. So this, this excites me to see that we could actually get them in a bubble and they're disciplined enough to want to win. Because you, like you said, talking about the, you know, some of the younger players in the league and things like that, um, were they going to have that discipline? We're at Disney we're used to living our lifestyle. Are you going to dedicate to this sport just for the three months or the two weeks, however long you're there, depending on what team you are, 
or are you going to be like, oh, I'm going to go off the rails and pull almost what a Lou Williams trot to pull off type thing. And so far it's working. And I'm impressed that, that Adam Silver puts it together and we may be able to pull it off. So I really want to see how this unfolds. You know, I'm with you. For me personally, it gives that NCA March Madness vibe because you're in you're in the big regional, right? And everybody loves March Madness. It just makes you pull together. I I mean, again, there won't be any fans, but real talk, how much do fans really play a part? Everybody says, oh, when you're at home, the crowd gets you energized. And those are the people who are in the 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th, 12th spot. When you're playing for a championship, your heartbeat is is the crowd you need your homies your teammates they're gonna pick you up i love we're going to this you know this urban kind of there's gonna be music there's gonna be these extra things these props and all that. it won't be as bad as another sport with cardboard cutouts but i'm saying it's gonna be energetic and it's gonna be it's gonna be legit i think the gameplay's gonna be better i think fans will get educated on the communication that goes on in the game because sometimes that stuff's lost with all the entertainment that goes on in an arena so for me this bubble I'm loving it for exactly, especially since we didn't lose a season. So with that being said, legit or not legit, will this champion be either? Which one will it be for you, Brent? So I went back and forth, but I think it's going to be legit because I don't see how it's easier to win in the bubble because people get used to a comfort zone in the NBA. You get the format, how things work. This whole format changes. Everybody's on equal playing field. Some of these teams, like you said, they're in the seventh, eighth seed. They're built for like, hey, home court road, you know, it makes a difference. That goes away. Nares is five on five. You got the music. You got the home court because you have, if the Lakers at home, you got the Lakers picture showing, but it's no crowd. All that's taken away. So people that are affected by it are not affected anymore. So I really think everybody has a better shot. The teams that thrive, you know, like since we got home court, Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, that home crowd, teams intimidated coming into their building, the younger teams, the lower seeds, that advantage goes away. So I think if you win it, you have to earn it more for the simple fact that you don't have any of those advantages that you had every other season. So to me, it's legit based on that. It definitely. This, this is the most legit championship because you're taking all the other comforts away from the comfort creatures' habits, right? Going into your arena, waking up in your own bed. This is from scratch. There is no advantage over the other. It is man versus will. Will you or won't you? If you don't, deuces, you'll be going home early. You won't have to worry about being in the bubble for more than two weeks, three weeks. This is a definitely legit championship, even more so than 99 when it was a shortened season and any other lockout season. This is the ultimate penultimate test. And I, I want to go out a stretch further and say I wish the playoffs – were like this going forward. And what I mean by that, not to take away from home cities, because again, we'll have fans, you'll be able to sell, just like the NSA, have regional areas where you have a tournament style and then, and then go into war. Because for me, you're, it's, it's about energy. And sometimes you know, you're a fan and you want to go to these things, but you're like, man, I'm not paying a million dollars to go watch a first round playoff game. You're already going to win. It's already predicted. But you take the element of, of home way. Maybe they do it in Vegas. I mean, it doesn't have to be Florida. Keep it energetic. So now that we know it's going to be legitimate, the next question is, what is the gameplay going to be like? And I'll start with this one. I think the gameplay, as I said before, is going to be better because you have to communicate more. You have to be sharp mentally, physically. It's not going to be sloppy. You know, everybody, I keep hearing people throw, oh, hey, you, oh, it's going to be. No, it's going to be Gameplay. These dudes are hungry. We've already seen it in some of the scrimmages, how the gameplay is rolling out. What are your thoughts, Brent? 
I'm with you 100%. I was going backdoor that because at first I was like, let me watch some of these scrimmages. Let me see if they, if they stayed in shape, they stayed ready. These guys stayed ready. They stayed hungry. They didn't expect to lose basketball. So losing basketball made them more eager to stay ready. So the scrimmages, when they could have been a little messy, they've been solid. When you saw four or five starters sit out, these bench players coming in, stepping up, playing good quality basketball, running plays, executing. It wasn't pickup AAU style. They were actually trying to get better because you only got three games. You don't have a whole preseason, a real training camp. So you had to come into the bubble focused to get to it and get to work immediately if you're going to have a chance to be successful because what, three scrimmages, eight seeding games, and you're already in the playoffs? You don't have that whole time to keep preparing like normal. So I think, it's good. I think the gameplay is going to be great because I think they're more locked in than typical. Hey. Well said. So here's the thing. Here's where I want to know, pick your brain. And I'm going to give my thoughts on this as well. Who are you most interested team wise and individual player wise to see in this bubble? So team wise, I'm really interested to see if the Rockets small ball lineup would have what PJ Tucker being six, 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 seven. It's the almost a poor man's version of what the Warriors did, but the Warriors had Draymond who's built, you know, tough on the defensive end and they had scores like Durant and Steph, but I'm thinking the Rockets want to have something like that. I don't think it could work, but I really want to see if that can work in the bubble because I'm like, it seems like they're just going to get bullied by some of these bigger teams, but if you shoot them off the gym, it may work. So I'm really interested to see the Rockets. And then I want to see if the Bucks can stay that dominant. Cause I mean, they're the East. We know the East compared to the West. So some of the Bucks dominant is the East. Some of it is also home court. That's going away. So I just want to see if the Bucks can still pick up that dominant rhythm they had during the regular season in this bubble where every team is on a more even playing field. So I, those are probably the two teams I'm interested to see if it, what they did the regular season before can carry over. The other teams like Clippers, Lakers, I'm kind of expecting business as usual until we get into the later rounds of the playoffs. Uh, let it be known. Who cares about the Rockets, man? They, they, look, I, I was talking to somebody earlier. They were coming at me. Is this about my Rockets? I'm like, look, man, who talks about Choke City? You were clutch for two years. The two years Michael Jordan went in the league. Get off my line because we all know James Harden is the Choke champion of America. So, no, it's I don't care about the Rockets. I don't care if you got the lineup of fake death, real death. I don't care if you got the midget lineup, tall ball lineup. You aren't going to get it done. Yes, H-Town, I just told you you're not going to get it done. So, who am I interested in seeing? None of the teams in the top four. It's all about the Mavericks, the Grizzlies, the Trailblazers, and the Pelicans. Why, you ask? Because it's all nip-tuck. Let's start with the Pelicans. They got Zion Williamson, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram. That's a, that's a young group core that's trying to do their thing. They got Drew Holiday down there, right? So, they're pushing for the eighth seed. Memphis trying to hold on to the eighth seed. And we'll get the predictions outcome here in a second. Then you got Portland the most veteran-laden team that found themselves laying in the weeds when this thing happened. They weren't looking they, – they were looking to try to make a playoff push, but the season got cut short. The Trailblazers, to me, are the most intriguing for several reasons, and we've talked about this off-air, we'll bring it on-air right now, is if they get the AC, our team may have a little trouble. We don't know. So let's get into predicting what we think is going to happen in this bubble. Let's talk about playoffs. Who do you have in the West Conference making the playoffs, Brent? So my one through eight, I have the Lakers taking the one seed, which is almost a lot. Then the Clippers, I got the Nuggets. And I actually, I picked the Rockets to move up a couple spots based off their record now, get the four spot. Utah at five, followed by Dallas, OKC. And I think the Pelicans going to get in. And the reason I'm picking the Pelicans, I'm really interested to see 
if you look at their net rating, they didn't play a lot together, but their starting five, they had the highest net rating in the entire NBA of a starting five in a small sample size. So I'm wondering if they can put that lineup together and be as effective as they were in such a small sample size with one of the easier schedules between like them and Memphis and those other teams in the lower tier, I really think they may be able to squeeze into the eight spot. So for me, it's, it's a little bit more difficult because there's a log jam between two and seven. They're all only separated by three and a half games. Luka Doncic is a bad boy. He could go off. He could spark some things. In this bubble format, mind the bubble format, there's no home court advantage. You know, somebody could go get hot. Now, my feeling is Memphis won't make the eighth seed, but I'm not stopping there. It's not that I think that Memphis won't make the eighth seed and Portland makes the eighth seed. I think Portland gets the seventh seed and wait for it, the New Orleans Pelicans get the eighth seed. So what does that mean? I'm predicting the Rockets don't make the playoffs. So not, I'm not just straight hating on Houston today. I'm just keeping it 100. I told Brent before, I'm objective, not emotional. When I look at the potential and possibilities, you, can, you think you can go toe-to-toe with Westbrook and Harden? In this scenario, you probably could because it is to your advantage. There's no home court. But I kind of like these young, these young Pelicans. I definitely like the older veteran-esque Trailblazers. So let's start from top. Definitely got the Lakers, got the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Jazz, Watch out for OKC. They'll make the playoffs. I got Dallas. I got Portland and New Orleans. That's my top eight. So, hey, if you're out there listening, you could always catch us on our Instagram account. Chat, chirp at us on that. You can hit us up on Facebook, and we'll leave all those socials out there for you to get. Go to anchor.fm, find Drop the Mic Sports Talk, and you can plug us, and you can get us on that. So tell us what you think about who's making the top eight seeds in the West. Now over to the East, Brent. Who you got for your top eight? So over the East, um, is I don't think the battle is, is as tight as far as expectation, just because I think the bottom teams are just the bottom teams for a reason. But I am interested to see this Toronto's uh, Boston Miami area. I know it's a six game difference between Toronto and Miami, but I really want to see how those three battle it out for that two, three, four. See how that shapes up because I really, I really don't think any of them want to see the Bucks in the second in the second round if they Bucks once the Bucks hit the one seed, which is obvious. So, but the order I have it in, I have Bucks first followed by Raptors, Celtics, Heat, 76ers, Pacers, Magic, and then the Brooklyn Nets. And I'm really liking that 4-5 Miami-Philadelphia matchup because it's just a really good counter contrast in style. So I'm really interested in that first round if it, if it stays pat. Brent, I'm about to kick you off the show, man. What kind of analysis is that? Like, I mean, I know the East is weak right now. You pretty much went chalk. And I can't blame you because they only got one of the options. That's the... Washington Wizards, and we know they're not magical and they have no wizardry because, dang, you're 24 and 40. They only invited you because they needed to make 22 teams, which is sad. But, yeah, it's chalk, but I'm going to move around a little bit. The Bucks are like the Rockets to me. They'll finish first and then choke somewhere in the playoffs. I'm liking the Toronto Raptors, sleeper sale. Um, Boston overrated, overstated. Yes, Brad Stevens can coach, but he's not a genius. So I'm going to put that there. I'm going to go Miami is going to drop. I'm putting Philly on top of them. Indiana's a little bit squeaky because they're not going to be at 100% full strength, but they may have some dog in them. I don't know. So we'll go Indiana, Orlando, and yeah, Brooklyn, right? Um, Which, speaking of, it's it's odd to me that KD and Kyrie won't be playing in the bubble. And I don't know if that, do you think that hurts their legacy or their, you know, what we talk, when we mention them and the greatest players in the NBA? Like, to me, just me personally, I know they were injured, but dang it, like you got an extended 
four months. Like, you're not, yeah, I don't know. Like, what are you waiting on? Like, it, you, ugh, I don't know, man. It's just one of those things where it makes me, I'm already not feeling Kyrie on the court. I love what he's doing off the court, making donations and all that good stuff. Love the man for that. Um, but, you know, on the court, I'm starting to say, you ain't tough. I'm with you you on that. I'm 100% with you. I'm 100% with you on Kyrie because I think he had plenty of time. His injury wasn't major enough that he didn't have enough time to heal and rest and be ready to go. So I thought he should have been here for his teammates, for the organization. He should have stuck it out. Durant, I'm not so sure just because I know with all the injury, his was a major injury. It takes time to come back. How much much had he really been in the gym preparing, getting ready when he didn't have a sure, uh, sure understanding that the NBA was coming back? So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say maybe he didn't have the – he wasn't putting the preparation to be ready to come into a bubble and get ready to go. So I'm going to give him a pass the next season. But Kyrie doesn't get a pass from me. He should be here. Gotcha. Moving on. So we predicted he was going to make the playoffs. Now we got to give you who's making the Western and Eastern Conference semifinals. Brent, I'm going to go first on this one. I'm going to take Lakers Clippers, and I'm going to go – OKC and Portland. No, can't happen because Port- well, Port- uh, no, it can't happen that way. Because um, I look at the matchups, Lakers will play the eight. They'll beat the eight, so they'll move on. I'm looking at number two. Clippers will play seven, who I predicted to be Portland. I don't know. So that will put Lakers and Clippers. They beat Portland. We got three versus six. Six would be the Mavs. Six is oh oh man let's see uh gotta go nuggets so i'm gonna go chalk so it's lakers clippers nuggets and then my four seed Ooh, we okay so i got lakers clippers nuggets and okc thunder that's my western comments conference semis i actually i like that i do i like that so you know when i said i'm interested in the rockets let me show you the faith of having the rockets okay so i have Houston four, Utah five. I got Utah beating them and eliminate Houston. So they're going to the semis, the Jazz. So the Rockets are going out in the first round. So let's make sure to clear out. Interested in seeing them play, but I don't expect much from them. I think so, I see a uh, Houston Rockets jersey hanging up behind you. I can't tell. Never, never, <laughs> never. Of course, you know, obviously I got Lakers one, obviously. I don't think Clippers are losing. I mean, fan-wise, we one to lose, but realistic, they're not losing. And I, I'm really excited about that. If, the, if it holds up, that Denver Nuggets at three, Dallas Mavericks at six, Luka versus that lineup with uh, uh, Jokic and all that lineup in Denver, I'm really looking forward to that. But I think Denver pours it out. And so we got Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, and Jazz moving on to the Western Conference semifinals. Okay. So the, our only difference is Jazz and OKC. Everything else is chalk. Okay. That's respectful. Now over to the Eastern Conference semis. You go ahead and go first on this one. All right, and so this one, you said my first take was boring. It's going to be boring again because, I mean, I got the uh, Bucks holding on. and I've got them sweeping the nets. I don't think that's going to be competitive. Then if we get the Raptors, I've got them beating the Magic because, I mean, the Magic are not anywhere near ready for this moment either. Then I got the Celtics beating the Pacers because I don't got a lot of confidence in the Pacers. Like I said, not fully healthy. If they have some dog in them, they could surprise me, but I'm not seeing it. And I'm, But I'm really intrigued about this Miami-Philadelphia matchup. I really like because – Miami's a small ball lineup, you know, kind of similar to Houston, not that small, you know, Bam Adebayo's a bully down and he's solid, but you know, the big lineup with Embiid and Horford and then Simmons playing the power for it. Philly's really big. So it's a really contrasting styles. And so I'm looking forward to that one, but I'm gonna go with the heat pulling it out right now from what I've seen so far. Okay. Well, yeah, I can't really disagree with you 
on much, the top three of chalk, but I'm going Philadelphia. Let's just cut to the chase. I have put my stock in Philadelphia from day one. I thought Elton Brand did a good job of making the team. Now, my issues with that team is somebody needs a heart transplant. His name is Ben Simmons. I don't know how you got to go see a shrink, a psychologist. People have to talk to you about taking a three-pointer. It's like, dang, dude, you are an NBA professional. Take a three-pointer. Get the gym, hunker down, hire your shooting coach, and make this rain. Make it rain. So I'm going I'm to put my faith back in Philly. You know, the city of brotherly love. I'm going to show them some love. I'm going Milwaukee. They're going to win their series against the Magic. Toronto, I love Toronto's makeup and their grit. They're, I'm sorry, Milwaukee over Brooklyn. I got Toronto over Orlando. And I have Boston beating Indiana. Not because I think Boston is that good of a is, – is that team. It's just that Indiana is just not that team um, without all their full parts. And then I'm taking Philadelphia over Miami. Although Miami is like that sleeper team, I think people already – they're awake. Like, okay, we got to watch it for Miami. They, they were peaking in the season as it was going. That's fine. But that buck stops here. Uh, Dwayne Wade ain't walking through that door. Shaq ain't walking through that door. It ain't happening. So, Philadelphia, that's the top four. On to the Western Conference Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, you already know what I got. L.A. versus L.A. I told you to live and die in L.A. It's just going to be in Orlando this time. It's the remix, baby. Line it up. Let's go. LeBron versus Kawhi. It's going down. That's what I got for the West Coast Finals. What do you got, Brent? I'm right in line with you. Lakers and Clippers. Hey, the, the big brother and the little brother. You know, the little brother thinks it's their time. Hey, the Clippers, like, we got Kawhi. We got Paul George. We're the new team in L.A. Patrick Beverly, when they, when they heard they got Kawhi, was running through whatever he was at in a hotel in Vegas, yelling, yeah, baby, I'll hype like they were finna win something. So now it's time to put it on the line and let, let them battle out for the see who's the champion of L.A. Hey, battle L.A. in Orlando. Like I said, that's what it's going to be. Eastern Conference. Here we go. I'm going to make my prediction first and listen, Brent. Hold your horses. Hold your seat. It's going down. T-Dot, homie. Toronto Raptors versus Philadelphia. I'm calling it. Without Kawhi Leonard, not saying last year was a fluke or something. I'm saying I just like Paul, Paul uh, Siakam, right? That's my guy right now. I just I, I see Toronto as this gritty. We can beat you in multiple ways. We don't have a star, but we all together shine bright as the Northern Star. Oh, Canada, here we come. So Toronto versus Philadelphia. That's my Eastern Conference Finals. I'm, I'm with you partly on that one because I feel the same way about the Raptors. They have that it to me, something. Like, they're very well coached. I'll say that. And they know whoa, they're – Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down. I can't let you – Nick Nurse, well coached. Like, he's solid. He's solid. He's been, he's been solid. Look, look what they're doing with – so Siakam – all-star cool dudes on the cusp of being a really 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 great player superstar but i feel like they're just in a really good position they have toughness with like van fleet lowry's been there i think nick nurse knows what he's doing with that team can he be a great coach anywhere i'm not saying that for this team he put them in a great position to be successful i love the job he's doing i really like what nick nurse is doing i like their makeup like i said no real superstar they play for each other that i think they're really well built you know what you sound like bubble you sound like the same people who who make it seem like Steve Kerr created Golden State. Like just no. walked in and chip. No, like that, that's what you sound like. You, mess. I remind you, Toronto finished first place the year before. Like they got fired because of the uh, head coach got fired because Dwayne Casey got fired because a dude named LeBron James was in the way, and they had Fair. Demar Defrozen who couldn't show up in big games. It, Nick Nurse ain't reinvent the wheel. He just yes. 
Hey, he he got super Kawhi last year. They got they did their thing. I just again I like their makeup. I give credit to Masai Ujiri who has built the team. It's like Nick, don't mess it up. That's what it is. It's like somebody gave you you know a hundred million dollars and say don't go broke. That ain't a hard job. I I can agree with that take. I I do I do. They did have all the stuff in place before. I just thought he took them over that hump a little bit more. Nick Nurse did. I thought he was solid. I don't give me the Steve Kerr thing because I thought they were they were going to be just successful with Mark Jackson or anybody else. That Warriors team was going to be great no matter what. So I don't think this is the same boat as them. I think Nick Nurse is doing more of a solid job with less than Steve Kerr did. Steve Kerr inherited superstars. He was going to be successful. But let me ask this one question before you make your final Toronto versus pick. <laughs> so let me ask this. If I don't know if, if, if it was candy, we'd all have cavities. I get that. So, right. Um, if LeBron James is in the East. If Kawhi does get traded to Toronto, do they win a championship? Oh, definitely not. Okay, I want to make sure, I want to make sure you didn't have Nick Nurse dunking on folks doing three sixty from the from the free throw line. I'm <laughs> well, good. I, but, Go ahead, and make on, your prediction. I do, I do think they could have still got to the finals without. Yeah, Le- they could have bought a ticket. LeBron wasn't there, so you know they would have made it. Even I think they could have made it on Kawhi. I think they were that well. Coached the net well of a team last year. I think so. You heard what I said. They could have bought a ticket and watched the game like everybody is. You're right. They could have, they could have, they could have been there at the finals. Just like all the celebrities. <laughs> but let, but who, who's they going to be playing? Is, I'm, I'm not sure why, because I know you stated some of this. I'm, like, like you compared to Houston, the Bucks, you think they'll choke somewhere along the way. I don't fully believe in Giannis, but I think he's ready to at least get to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I think they'll, they'll end up getting there, and I think they'll beat the, um, the Heat in the second round. And get to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I got Bucks and the Raptors, who we both have. Okay, I hope somebody's writing this down somewhere out there because I want y'all to call up, email, text, whatever we got going, social media, hit us up. Remember what this man said, you know, hey. So from there, we got the granddaddy of them all, the NBA Finals. I'm going, listen, I told y'all I'm going to be objective. I'm not an emotional person. I can be, but... I'm going to be objective today. This pains me to say, but I have to keep it 100, right? It's dropping the mic. So I'm dropping it right here. I have the Clippers facing the Raptors in the NBA Finals. I am a Lakers fan. Hear me when I tell you. This pains me to say. The only reason why I believe this is because we're not 100% at strength. I have zero faith in AD. He is soft as toilet tissue wet or dry it don't matter i don't like it i don't like the fact that if you just lean on the man he crumbles or he takes a fadeaway i don't like fadeaway seven footers so and i look at our rosters like we we have a cast of characters individually you like them you like a few of them not all of them in one team so if i had to put my money on this i gotta go clippers they have the better coach they have the better owner they have the better everything at this point. Like they, every, their pieces fit together the way a team should fit. Now, I do have questions about Paul George and Kawhi both working together in crunch time because Kawhi's never had a, a number 1B next to him. It's been him and some pips. So we'll see. So my prediction, as much as it pains me, I threw up a little bit in my mouth, is Clippers versus raptors you hurt me with that one i I'll, you know i'm a lebron guy so you know who who i was going with and but it's not based on 
my bias. I honestly think, like you said, you want to see how Kawhi, Paul George work together. I'm interested in that. I want to see them in the big moments. Are they going to be able to share or let the right person take the shot? I don't believe in their chemistry. Just I don't believe in the team chemistry one through 12 or 13, however deep they want to go. I don't believe it. Lakers, I like AD more than you do. I'm not saying he's not soft. The NBA is not tough, though. It's not like it's a tough NBA anymore where he's going to get bullied all game by anybody. It's not many bullies left anyway. So I think, I think AD shines. I think AD shines. He does well. Him and LeBron, I think that team has great chemistry. I think they really like each other. People don't take that into consideration, I know, sometimes. But I think chemistry is huge. I think the Lakers have more chemistry. And so I think they end up getting to the finals and beating the Clippers. And I got the Bucks making it. I can't give you a reason because the way I just talked about the Raptors and the way you made it sound like I really just love the Raptors, I just think the Bucks or more built for a grind out series to get to the NBA finals. And I got them playing the Lakers in the finals. So that's the throwback to like the seventies with Prima Doja Bar, flipping squads, whatever. So you said the NBA is not that tough. And I agree. The problem is that's the problem. It's not that tough. And you still fold under pressure. We all remember game one, Clippers Lakers opening night. AD got pushed around by Montrez Harold like he owed him money. So I can't believe it. Th that's the book on AD. Bump him, push him, get him out of his comfort zone, breathe on him, touch him, call his name, tell him he's going to play the five. And then all of a sudden, you know, he'll show up in quarters, one through three, fourth quarter. I don't know. Like, they don't go to him. I, it's just too much. I just can't go with that. Like, that's too much drama. And I don't want to, you know, get my hopes up to get let down. Hopefully, you know, I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. Trust me, because I want the Lakers to hoist another banner. But, again, I got to be objective. And that's my job is to drop the mic, and I dropped it on them. That's what it is. So, winning the finals, who you got? Oh, I got the Lakers. I don't think Giannis is ready for this moment. And I think once he get on this stage with LeBron coming at him, you know, all the talks about who's the MVP, uh, he's coming for LeBron's crown, all this. I think the moment's a little bigger than he is now. He's young. He's LeBron back in the East when he was in younger days. Get against one of those Western Conference teams that are more of a powerhouse. You're not prepared for that. But I do think Johnson, Giannis is going to show up in the finals, but I just think the Lakers are built for it. They got more chemistry, more experience. And so I think the Lakers, Lakers are going to hoist another banner this year. And I'm looking forward to it. So under your theory, I would agree the Lakers would beat the Bucks. However, stop giving Giannis a pass, man. You... We, people keep giving Giannis a pass like he's a rookie. He's not a rookie. He's a grown man. And the problem with Giannis is the same problem I have with AD. It's called identity crisis. So we all know AD, right? Growing up, he was a guard, and then he hit a growth spurt, and he became a big. So that's why he doesn't have big man mentality. He has short mentality, and that's why he, gets, he struggles in, in tough situations. Giannis has been big his whole life. So I don't know what his excuse is. He can't hit a three. He's great in the round one. He's great in round two. And then he fades in the middle of round two. This is what happened last year, right? They were killing the Raptors. And then the Raptors said, you know what? We're going to wall them off. We're going to make them shoot jumpers, rebound. We're going to go at them on the other end. And voila, it took him out of his game. So I don't want to give the man any passes anymore. If he doesn't get it done, he's not an elite level player. He's quit being enamored by his potential because sometimes – at some time in this whole thing, potential is going to come due. And the due is, what have you done for me lately? No excuses, no holes barred. It is what it is. My prediction, clearly, I already sold it to you last. If it's the Bucks that make the finals, it's the Clippers. If the Raptors make the finals, it's the Clippers. Because I think they'll be more talented than the Raptors. Do I think they'll give them more of a run for their money? Yes, because I think they match up better with the Clippers than the Bucks do. The Bucks are a little slower. They are longer but they're slower. And again, if you're depending on Giannis to bail you out, keep on waiting because that bell ain't coming. 
All right, so we got that wrapped up. We got our finals predictions, playoff predictions. We got it all predicted for you for the NBA right here on Drop the Mic Sports Talk, the realest sports talk, period. So moving right along, we got some teams that did make the bubble, Brent. What is their future looking like right now to you? I'll name them for you. In the Eastern Conference, we got the Hornets, who finished 23 and 42. The Chicago Bulls, who finished 22 and 43. We've got the New York Knickerbockers, who make a terrible hire in the head coach. Finishing at 21-45, the Detroit Pistons, 20-46, Atlanta Hawks, 20-47, the Cleveland Cavaliers finished at 19-46, and and then we have on the Western Conference, Golden State Warriors and Minnesota Timberwolves. I couldn't even give you their records because they were so terrible, I don't think they even showed up on the screen. But my point is, what do they have going forward for themselves, or what are their, what's holding them back? Go ahead. So, I mean, I, I don't even want to go too far with the Knicks. Everything's holding them back. <laughs> Hey, the way they draft, the way they ran, top to bottom. Like you said, bad head coach hire. So the Knicks are just going to stay the Knicks. They're going to stay bad. I don't see anything changing for the Knicks. I mean, uh, Chicago, I like Zach Levine. I think they got some potential, but they're still a few years off. Nothing special coming from them. Detroit, same boat, nothing coming. And Cleveland, I was a Cleveland guy when LeBron was there. So now I don't have anything good to say about Cleveland. They're not going anywhere. Cleveland's going to stay bad. Who I am excited to see? The Atlanta Hawks. I think they could do something. I like the young core they have, led by Trey Young. I like the way they've been drafting. I like the way they've been playing. You know, they've been competitive even when they're not winning. So I think the Hawks is the next team in this group in the East that's going to do something. Then if we jump to the West, Minnesota, I, I just don't think Andrew Wiggins is that guy. So I don't think he's ever going to be that guy. Carl Anthony Towns is solid, but I don't think they're built to be anything great more than a lower playoff seed, early exit maybe. Golden State is going to be something else. I, I think they make it the number one pick. And I'm not even going to go on the track of them getting Giannis. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to stay away from that. But I think with Steph coming back healthy, Clay coming back healthy, Draymond maybe probably got something to prove and a good draft pick. I think Golden State will be – I'm not going to say it'll be the best team in the West. I'm not going that far. But I think they. I think Golden State will be very competitive in the West. And I want to see what the Hawks are going to do in the East because I think they can make a jump into a playoff race. I'm not saying they're ready to go over that hump and be a let's go to the Eastern Conference Finals. But I like what I see from the Hawks. I think with Trey Young leading them, they're going to be a really good team, young team coming up in the next few years. All right, listen here. So with the exception of the Atlanta Hawks, I agree with you there. The rest of those teams in the East are just poorly ran. They're bad management, bad draft picks, uh, ridiculous coaching hires. Although I do like Dwayne Casey in Detroit. I think their issue is, um, if you notice, some of these teams can't allure free agents to their town. So that makes it a little bit harder. Um, I am, Trey Young is that dude. And I love watching him play. I mean, he brings back that ATL Georgia, what can I do for you? He gives you that vibe, right? Like, I'm like, oh, man, I could watch this dude, Trey Young, pretty nice. Can we get him on the Lakers? Like, not, you know, I, that's the kind, like, that dude is that guy. I like watching him play. And that's the only exciting team I see over there. Now, I, I am hoping Charlotte has finally learned their lesson. I like how they got rid of uh, the point guard last year. His name just slipped my mind. Uh, that's with Boston right now because I thought he was a waste. Kimba. If, Kimba, there, Kimba Walker. If you if you can't leave the Hornets to the AC, then what are you – why are you all enamored over here, Boston? That's why, not, uh, that's why I'm not high on Boston right now. So, yeah, you say you like Zach Levine, but he's just a dunker. Like, right, yeah, okay, he can hit threes. But he's their team is just bad. They have, they have bad pieces. Um, the Knicks, I think, have good pieces. They just don't have the leadership – on the court and in ownership, everything in between, and then minus the cut. Like, how do you hire Thibodeau? Like, really? 
That's like watching a bad rerun of a terrible TV show and expecting it to be a great TV show. That's just bananas. Um, Cleveland's Cleveland. I mean, you get what you get. That's what it is. So Minnesota, um, I think they made some improvements. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with next year. Again, the West is deep and it works. I'm not a D-Lo fan. I think he's overrated. But, hey, he's with his buddy. Knock your socks off. Golden State obviously will be back. When they get all their guns back, they're healthy. People have to remember, they, they spent um, over 1,000 days playing basketball. They've been in the finals repeatedly. They've made deep runs. This is called attrition, people. It happens. If Jordan would have played uh, in 95-96, he wouldn't have made it either. Like, it, at some point, you just run out of gas. If you watch the, the TV show, uh, the documented last dance, he talks about, like, we could have gave it one more run, but – he even admitted they were breaking down. You just can't play that much basketball and expect to be at your peak because every time you go to somebody else's arena, you're the show. They expect to see a show, and this pressure on you builds up. It just gets to you. So they needed this hard reset button. Um, I don't know about them getting the number one pick, as you alluded to, because we don't know it's called the lottery for a reason. And, and in this age and era, what does that even mean, getting the number one pick? Like, I don't even know what that truly even means. We'll talk about that later. So what I want you to know, want you to know fans, of dropping the mic is that lottery teams there'll be 14 so the way it'll work is there's eight teams that didn't make the bubble the six teams that don't make the playoffs will be a part of the 14 team lottery and they will have the draft lottery on august 25th 2020 so keep a lock so if you're a fan of those 14 teams that are terrible i guess your championship day is august 25th get ready to see who you can potentially select in the draft so let's get a little bit deeper let's take a deeper dive and break down the nba I want to know, Brent, what changes have impacted the game in a good way or bad way from a fan point of view? I'll give you an example. For me, I feel like the NBA is getting too young. And what I mean by too young is there used to be a point in time where you had veterans in the league that trailblazed the way. They didn't, they didn't always have to steal the show, but they fit around young people. Now it's young guy leading young guy, and then we get bad basketball. I'll give you a prime example. We're Lakers fans, right? We had Lonzo. We had Brandon Ingram. We had uh, – what's, what's my band that's in uh, New York now? The center, number 30. Oh, man. He's from Dallas, Texas. Can't think of his name off the top. I just had a brain fart. Um, he, he played power forward. He played for the Pelicans for a year, went free agency. Anyway, we, we had all these young dudes on the team, and we couldn't get anywhere. So when we got LeBron James, he was frustrated because he had to train these youngsters how to tie their shoes, how to – you know, it's like – that's work. I'm here to ball, not work on people being responsible, accountable, and learn how to be a grown man in the NBA where you're getting paid. Not going to happen. So that's my, from a fan point of view, I kind of see that that hurts the game in a way. And it, and it takes away from me kind of like wanting to watch it. Go, what do you think, Brent? And the guy was Julius Randle. I, I didn't want to interrupt you with Julius Randle. I, I couldn't think of it at first because he popped in. But, I, but I'm following you on that. Like you said, um, young guys leading young guys. It's getting too young. Like, I think it's a place on some of these veteran teams for these young guys to get somewhere and have a chance to grow and learn. But when you like kind of another example, like you were saying is, Hey, Julius Randall, he's not young, but when did he ever grow up? So he's still young as far as how he plays. He's helping RJ Barrett. Are you telling me RJ Barrett has a chance to get better with the Knicks with another young guy lead? So yeah, we're just too young overall. It's not a good balance between veterans and young players and not saying it's not enough of either one because there's plenty of both. They're just not in enough situations on the same teams. You know, you need these tough guys, some of these guys with leadership on some of these bad teams. So these young guys, you're not going to win now, but let's learn winning habits. But when you don't have that, you don't get winning habits. 
So here's the other thing that I have an issue with, right? We got the G League. We got college, which is terrible. The gameplay is horrible. We'll get in that in a second. And then you got the European League. We glorify the European player who's been a pro since he was 14. In the United States at 14, you're, you could be an eighth grader or a freshman in high school. You're under amateur status. You can't get the same training unless you pay millions of dollars to go to the million-dollar trainer who's telling you, oh, do these trick moves and you'll be a star. Like, no, not working. But I think that's a problem with the NBA. We start – we're drafting unequally, right? There's a pressure in the States that's different than a European player, and we want to glorify that, oh, look how fundamentally sound they are. Oh, only in the, in the, in the United States, AU's bad. Well, it's only bad because college is bad. I've been in the seats where I've been a part of an AU team where dudes dunking like lights out and the head coach of a D1 program stands up like, oh, my gosh, who's that guy? We need him. And all he was doing was dunking. Like, wasn't checking fundamentals. Oh, we got to have him. So if AU is placating to college coaches, that's what you get. Don't quit blaming AAU programs for, oh, all they do is play games. No, they do more than that nowadays. The problem is when they get to college, there's no real development because there's rules on how much time they can spend with the coach, only so many people at a time. So if that's your player pool is to get players from college to the NBA, then that's why the NBA is starting to get bad. Secondly to that is we got the G League. What are your thoughts on the G League? So I'm interested in the G League. I'm interested that the high school player can go straight to the G League. No, I like it. I just want to, I'm hoping it's proper coaching, proper training that, hey, you go to the G League, you're going to get, uh, you're not going to get the same level as Luka Doncic being a professional overseas at 14. You're not going to get that. But can you get one real year of fundamentals? Because like you said, AAU is bad because of college. Because you say, oh, this is what college wants. So AAU stays bad. College stays bad. You're not going to go to Europe for one year and get what you need. So I'm hoping the G League adopts part of those methodology where you like hey you come in let's work on the fundamentals we're gonna work on your, your shooting your dribbling your footwork things that highlight plays no 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 basic basketball that they need for one four years when you go to college we both know they're not getting it anymore well you know for me i hear you on the g league i don't think that's i don't think you can't get that from europe i think it's proven you can the thing that i think the g league will do is help them grow up and mature College doesn't let you mature anymore. Think about it. You're a celebrity when you go to college. You're not, you're not expected to be in the gym. You're a student athlete. You got to go to class, right? So now when you're in the G League, guess what you don't have to do? Go to class. So you, your class is go work on your game with pros, with veterans, people leaning on you, but people being able to push around. We've seen it. Guys go from college to pros and they're getting pushed around because they're not used to getting pushed around. And that's where I'm saying we're missing. College got so young with the one and done. And then the, the everybody's pretty much even and we're going to pick whoever shines brightest in the college tournament. I, I'll never forget. Uh, Frank uh, Kaminsky, Wisconsin, got drafted by the Bobcats. I'm like, what are y'all doing? I was like, oh my gosh, Frank the Tank, he's the man. He was 26 years old, graduating from Wisconsin. Yes, he was a grown man versus boy, so that's why he looked strong. Tyler Hansborough, remember that dude from North Carolina? He was the, the maniac guy who was the ble bloody forehead or lip, and he's sucking his own blood. He was 25 playing against eight-year-olds. Hello, you're going to be a little bit stronger. So I'm saying, like, but then they get to the NBA, they can't get a rebound. Because, yeah, you're dealing with other grown men with skills. So for me, I'm hoping we clean that up, right? Like, I'm hoping the G League pops off. You start letting high schoolers go there, clean them up, get it going. My biggest issue, though, Brent, is this. The game officiating and rules of the game. I'm not liking the 
the lack of accountability for officials. I don't like how we're allowing jump shooters to get fouled repeatedly. Like James Harden averages 12 free throws a game. Like he's a jump shooter. Now I get you can't, you can't let people get beat up in the regular season because it's a longer season. You, you want to prevent injuries. I get why there's more ticky tack, but it's gone too far. And then some of the rules of the game, take away the zone defense, please. Like they're grown men, make them earn it. I want to see real defense. I don't want to see zone. And that's another problem with college. College, you're not, you don't have to play defense. You play zone. Some of your best players that come out of college can't play defense. They've never had to. Hide them, tuck them, put them in a zone, all that good stuff. I think the dimensions of the basketball court in, in college basketball need to match the NBA's. High school game is more indicative of the NBA than colleges, and that's a problem. So officiating needs to get cleaned up with accountability. I want to see some of the rules reward the defense. This whole, you know, if, if you're going to have zone, don't have three sec defensive three seconds. That's just stupid. Like, pick one. Either you're going all zone or no zone. But I want them to man up and ease up on some of these flagrant fouls. Yes, there's going to be contact. If the court's not that big, and they're large people. So get off the whole, oh, my gosh, that was flagrant. We've seen flagrant. It's called bad boys. Uh, that was maliciously flagrant. Don't overreact to it. What you got, Brent? So I'm with you on the refs. Let's, let's go into that. So speaking on soft, I think the refs calling all these jump shooter fouls, are, the refs are helping making it more soft. Because every time you shoot a jump shot, you may get a foul. That's just making it soft. You protect the shooter too much. Like you said, no reward for the defense. Can't, I can't handle that. I need to be able to let these guys play some real defense. And flagrant fouls, yeah, that's, that's, that's been a problem for a while. But the one that's really got me is you can't show emotion anymore. I, I can't take that. When you dunk on somebody, you stand over them, tech, you're showboating. When you do too much to the crowd, it's a tech. When you're yelling at a player, hey, in the playoffs, when Draymond and LeBron, whoever they face, whoever wants to get in each other's face, that's part of the game. That's the intensity. You know what you're going to try to do next time you come down to court at this person when you're that intense? That's part of the game. This, this thing about everything is a technical because you're showboating or you're showing them up. They've taken that too far, and that's taken away from the game. Back in the day, when Pippen dunked on uh, Ewing, you come on now, in his face, standing over him, pushing down, when Shaq dunked on Dudley, that kind of emotion and stuff, we need that energy. And I think the refs, the way they're calling it, they're taking that away, and that's a big one for me. I want the energy back. Let these guys talk a little bit more, be a little energetic. It's, this, the game is emotional. This is not a game where you're like, oh, hey, hi, no. We're out here intense trying to win championships. Let them be emotional. Let them be energetic. You can't take that away from them. Definitely. So real quick, we got three other things we got to conquer on this, right? So how do we make the NBA product better? And here's three things I want you to touch on, or if you have input on, you let me know. Do we need to change the draft format? Is the lottery system good the way it is? Or do we need to change it? What's your suggestion? And how is positionless basketball either good or bad for the game? Go ahead. I'm actually okay with the draft. I mean, like you said, the top pick hadn't meant much. So I hadn't really thought of a different way to format it to make it actually better. But positionless basketball, I'm a fan of it in a way. I like that you can have a center that can shoot threes. But I want that center to also be able to bang. I'm glad you can have a, a seven-foot point guard. And you can have your, your, your point guard in the corner catching, shooting threes. So you can do everything. You know, and you got some of these guys that play the two, and they can go post up like they're a five. I like all that. But – I still wish we could see some more traditional basketball. Let me get somebody in the post like a Patrick Ewing, Akeem Olajuwon, a Shaq. We don't have that. And I'm not saying we have the size of people of Shaq, but AD and some of them are built similar size to like Olajuwon and all of them. Put your back to the basket, bang a little bit. So 
I like positionless basketball, but I think you still have to be able to bang a little bit too. So I think the positionless thing is affecting them banging more. So I think we should, if we could get both, that's what I would like better. Well, you know, I can agree with you on the, the lottery. I don't see much of a way you can change it. It's already equitable. If you have bad management, you're just going to make bad picks. That's a fact. That's in any sport, uh, whether NFL, whether it's NBA, whatever. I mean, you have people who make decisions. Sometimes I think there's too much analytics in a game of feel and understanding that numbers are, should be on paper, not on the court. I get that. Positionless basketball, um, it, it doesn't bother me per se. It does take away from – it gives it more of a finesse touch. Um, the one thing that I think, which I didn't bring up earlier, was this competitive balance, right? What are we going to do to ensure? I don't know if there's anything you can do, right? The West is stacked from one through 13. And we took, we just said the Timberwolves and Warriors will get better. So you, you, you may have not one through 13, one through 12, you may have 14 teams that are good next year. I, I don't know. Like they're clearly going to be better than the East. The East has no one walking through that door next year. It's going to be the same six teams that are going to be up there. Uh, the bottom two may rotate. Oh, it's your turn um, to get in. Atlanta may sneak in next year. But for me, I think the product has gotten better. What I want, what I want to see more of, I remember growing up, you had nights that were featured, right? Like Sunday basketball, and this is not about gameplay. This is from a fan perspective. I want to see Sunday basketball come back. I want to be able to sit down and watch a, a noon, a three, and a seven o'clock game of the best teams. I don't want it always during the week when I just got off a long grind of work. I, I, I want to, you know, when the fans, you know, they're at home, like, oh man, you got to stay up till, we're Lakers fans, right? Game don't come on until 9.30. It's not going to end until 12.31. Like, so you may need to feature some more Sunday just to get your, your energy back. From a super team standpoint, um, I think those are going to fade out and there's going to be a hard reset. People forget. We talked about this off air. LeBron James is no spring chicken. I know off air, y'all, I, I don't know what Brent was drinking this day, but he told me LeBron had five more years. I was like, he may have two or three. And the one thing I said is father time is undefeated. And we know that to be true. We've seen it through all the legends. So once he's done, the Lakers are done because their roster is so old. How do they reset? We don't know. The Clippers are in decent shape. The Mavericks have a young core. The list goes on. I mean, yes, Gold State's aging, but they're still fairly young. They're in their 30s. Um, these teams in the West are younger. In the East, yeah, you got Giannis, but they're in a small market, so their team's not going to change too much. You got Boston. They've held on to draft picks for so long, it don't even matter no more. They're not young or old. You got Toronto. We don't know if they're going to stay together because all those dudes are going to come up for a payday. It, the list just goes on and on. So I was like, you got, we got to fix comp competitive balance. And for me, that may be to shake things up, right? Let's swap some teams from the East. Instead of going East and West, let's go North and South. Let's cut it differently. I don't know, but we're going to have to do something different. I know there's been talk about adding an in-season tournament, this, that, and the third. Let's do away with All-Star Weekend or change All-Star Weekend to be that kind of tournament style. We got to do something, right? And this is the time to do it when we're in this COVID mess. You can try something. If it doesn't work, you can blame it on COVID and keep it moving, right? So that's what I got for that. Um, the so NBA, quick, man. go ahead. Quick. I said LeBron had two to three good five years of playing. I didn't say he'll be this guy that he is now for five more years. And just real quick on the super teams, I want to touch on that because I'm sure um, this free the new free agency where these guys feel like they don't have any loyalty to a team anymore. That when it's time to start winning, 
would Giannis leave? I don't know. He says he's going to stay. He says he's loyal. But will Giannis jump to somebody like the Warriors? Will another young guy jump to a team that's close to being a powerhouse and former super team? I don't think it's quite over yet. I would love to see it balance out better and it stays where, you know, one to two guys on a team, no three to four superstars. But I just want to see what the free agency level is now. You know, it's the free agency area. Have more control. I just want to see if they're still going to say, hey, no, I'm going to stay loyal or I'm going to join this guy, not a super team. Not sure super teams are over yet. Hey, I don't think I misquoted you. You said five years. I said five years. Just because you want to give some caveats about him being the man for two and three more of the league. What's the difference? He's, he's still five times undefeated. Hey, y'all, that's a wrap for part one of basketball. Pro basketball, the NBA edition. We gave you our predictions. Tell us what you think. How you liking the show? Tell us you got one of the NBA Finals. You know where to reach us. We're on anchor.fm. anchor.fm. Find our show there. Every Thursday we drop. Catch us on Twitter, IG, and Facebook. Become a fan. We're just getting this thing started. It's only going to get better with time. I got my man Brent Wilson. I'm your boy, LeBron Fields. That's a wrap for this episode, part one NBA. Here we go. See you when we see you. Hear when we hear from you. We're out.